wake up, walk into the bathroom and look in the mirror, and I hear Christina singing this song to me. <laughs> I cut it off after I am beautiful. All of the rest doesn't matter. You know, that just warms my heart that a cat named Mo is singing Christina Aguilera beautiful in his head when he's getting ready in the morning. It just warms my heart. That is what we call progress. Uh, yeah. right? That's progress. Uh, this is the cat named Mo show. It is progress. Uh, JR, Spike, I'm a cat named Mo. We've got a very special guest in here uh, that I am actually having a blast with. That is Miguel Fuller of the Miguel and Holly show on 101.5. Uh, as I like to call it, Hot 101. The Hot 101. I don't know why that stuck yet, and that's because you won't call it that. Hot 101s rolls off the tongue so much better. Don't forget where you came from, Miguel. Uh, all right. I, uh, uh, I am uh, coming back with Christina Aguilera. Ag- Aguilera. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, it's beautiful because during the break I said, uh, uh, Miguel, give me a song that meant something to you uh, back, back before. Mm. And and tell the people why you chose this song. Uh, coming up, I graduated high school in 2003. So that was right in the pop craze of uh, Britney, Christina, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. And back then, sort of harping back to our conversation about being a sort of a geriatric millennial, being 36. Back then... You weren't allowed as a guy to be like, oh, my God, I love NSYNC. I love, um, you know, Christina. I had to say I like Linkin Park. I like (laughs) Jill Scott. I like, you know, those are things I had to say, but I loved it all. But what was really, really awesome is Christina Aguilera did this song, Beautiful, from her Stripped album, I believe. And in the music video, she featured two gay guys kissing and just basically saying that everyone is beautiful. And I just remember, especially in that time, there weren't a lot of that. I mean, like when you had Will and Grace, they like never were in relationships. It was slapstick yeah, right, comedy, right. you know. And even if they kissed, it was a cursing kind of a pet. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. seeing two guys in an intimate moment for me was like, oh, wow. Okay, so I can be represented in media. And also knowing that this is what I wanted to go into, it was just really meaningful to see that back then. Okay, all right. Uh, very good, very good. Uh, I want, let me set this question up for Spike, by the way, by just letting you know we've got Miguel in. I wanted to talk to him about uh, the controversy surrounding uh, Dave Chappelle's latest special, The Closer, on Netflix. Not that it's new controversy. This has been going on uh, between Chappelle and the LGBTQ community. And, uh, Viv, we're going to get to you in just a moment and the trans community. Uh, And, Spike, you have a question for Miguel. Yeah, we brought you in to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And you said you haven't seen the special. And I want to ask you a simple question. Why not? couple reasons uh one just i haven't had time uh to watch it and two what did i tell him what did i say i said spike he, he's got a real radio show <laughs> <laughs> but everybody got time you gotta, yeah. Yeah. he has an actual career yeah he has an right, actual right. career in radio so <laughs> yeah. he got time to be watching you got time. <laughs> but go ahead <laughs> i am tired i am tired so as a black gay man on the radio who also in my private life is very much into politics, it's become so gross and heavy that everything that I sometimes feel like I can't even like truly be myself and speak my opinion because if I do, it's not a debate. It's not a conversation. It is just a, well, 
you're a, a vaccine person, so you want to take away my rights, or everything is just so heavy. And right now in my life, going through some stuff like planning a wedding, um, some other stuff that's happening behind the scenes that my life is heavy right now. And I have been avoiding controversial things because I'm like, I just don't have the emotional bandwidth to sit and think and, and to discuss. So when you asked me to come on the show, I actually for the first time almost said no, because I was like, I'm always the advocate. I am the, the mouthpiece. Right. And I always say I don't speak for all gay people. I don't speak for all black people. But I do enjoy giving a perspective that maybe a show or a radio station like this doesn't have because I feel like I have in a small way a relationship with your audience. And right, so right. I would want them to hear from me. But I almost said no because I'm like, if I go on there and then people start hitting me up in my DMs or on Twitter, like I just don't have the emotional bandwidth because I'm tired. I'm tired of everybody, everybody just pointing and accusing and we can't just sit down and have a conversation. So you heard all that smoke and just didn't feel like dealing with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can understand that. And I keep trying to tell the lovers of him that this, for some reason, this generated a lot of smoke that I don't think is a teachable moment, personally. That's no, just that, me. That's, but that's untrue. That's just me. That's untrue. Mm. Uh, I, because I'm going to tell you right now, there are people learning from what Miguel is saying. This is absolutely a teachable no, no, moment. Not, I'm talking about Dave Chappelle's thing when a teachable moment. He, not yeah, it, it, it is. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's can be a teachable moment because there are there are different sides to it. There are different understandings of it. There are different perceptions of it. Now, the problem with today's society is there's nothing is teachable. You you believe what you believe, uh, and 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 that's it. And you've cut yourself off. I want to say, and I I keep messing up. The person that uh, I need to attribute the quote to, but it was uh, I, I want to say it was Dan Rather that said we have become us we have become a people who have determined that ideology is more important than fact, mm. and and that has that has stuck with me as far as the tired goes. Let me give you the correlation, then I'm going to let you speak further. Uh, I believe what was it was it the Nat Turner what was the Nat Turner movie uh, Jr. Uh, Birth of a Nation Birth of a Nation mm. Birth of a Nation w- was coming out and then Kevin and I were talking about this and I was saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch that mm. and the Harriet Tubman movie came out and I said I'm not gonna watch that the last slave movie I watched was Twelve Years a Slave right and I said and I, I what maybe I guess maybe I. I 49 48 49 50. I said to Kevin I said I said I'm I'm done watching movies about slavery there is nothing a movie about slavery is going to teach me about that experience that I don't already know and I'm done subjecting myself mm. to that brutality so and, like it's, and it's, it's it's exactly what right. you just said uh in the moment congratulations by the way uh on your pending nuptials thank you it's been a year or so ago and it's been yeah. Yeah. October 9th yeah. you've been watching Spike huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spike when have I had the chance to congratulate him on the air we're working in real time here act like you've been in radio fool Lord JR hey, help hey, me hey, help me Congratulations on your show coming from Mobile, uh, Alabama. Uh, listen, the British are coming. Spike is like, welcome, welcome yeah. to Tampa. That's it's the first time on air. I'm able to congratulate. It doesn't matter. Did you ever text him or tweet him that? Let me ask you something. Mm. Do I always like 
all of your posts, your congrat, your your happy posts. Am I not the first <laughs> person to turn pictures of you and your betrothed into funny memes? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculing <laughs> you both. I can pull them up. I got receipts. No, it's true. I will say that you send the most meaningful congratulatory or life situation updates text that I remember the first time I got one years ago, and I was like, oh. Wow, I think it was after a breakup. It and was, it was. You and I was like, it really took me aback because most people just say like, "Oh, sorry, that sucks," or they just say anything because uh, you know they don't know what to say. Right. But I remember, I don't remember what it was, but I remember how it made me feel, and I just felt incredibly seen and cared for. Thank you. Kiss my black ass, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. black ass. What is right. five years from now? I'm gonna tell you, congratulations. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, um, and I'm gonna let you talk. Uh, and I let let's take Vivian real quick. Vivian, go ahead. You're on the Cat Name Mo Show with Miguel. Go ahead. What did you want to say, Vivian? Vivian, you know Vivian, Vivian of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, Vivian, yeah. I've, yeah. I've known Vivian yeah. for years and years and years. Uh, Bone Fam, uh, uh, go ahead, Vivian. Say what you want to say. And it's so funny because I'm watching the Jay Triple show right now. When your when your your intro came on, I was watching it. And I just want to say, you know, just like Miguel said, hi, Miguel, how you doing? Hello. That we all come from different perspectives because I, you know, if I were to be one of the people that Dave Chappelle identified, I'm an old school. It's not a big deal to me that he's making crap the way he is. It doesn't bother me. But I'm different. I came from a different group of of that type of trans women, you know? My parents were innovators in the 60s. I, I, I was allowed to be a gay or trans kid in the 60s. That was unheard of. So I came, my journey here is completely different. I'm older than, I think, I know more than you, Mo. Probably not five. Thank you. Only person older than Spike is Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the white only water fountains. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting to me because I've been still, I've been passing most of my life. So the kind of things that I've gotten to do as a well-educated trans woman, you know, I was a doctor. I have my PhD and master's in psychology. I had my own practice and people didn't notice and really catch on to it. I graduated in 1982. So my journey is different. And then being passed in all those years and having parents that kind of just wanted me to be happy and, and, and get good grades, I got away with a lot of things. When I look at it today, I have these young trans people that come at me. I got told a couple of weeks ago, you've been passing all your life. It's not fair. And this girl, she let me have it. She must have been like 18. Just now transitioning and felt it was unfair that I didn't have to struggle like she did, mm, you know, right, and it right. reminded me, it reminded me when I was young, you know, my dad worked for NASA, so I didn't have the life that a lot of young black kids had. And I apologize for being intelligent. I apologize for not being black enough or the blackest white girl, or all of those kind of things. That's Viv- what it reminded me of. Can I just say that you should never apologize for the privilege that you had to grow up that way? I think for probably what that trans girl was trying to say is that she wishes that she had those opportunities that you did. And so I think that when you're coming from a place of privilege, um, 
it's understanding that you were lucky and blessed enough to have that support because there are so many trans oh, women that don't that. have that. And it just, oh, it breaks my heart. And I'm sure it does to you, too, when you talk to them. But I think for me, like I always say that as a black gay man, I understand that because of my job and my trajectory of my life, I've had a certain privilege of not having to face a lot of criticism yeah. and things like that because of my job and having it quote-unquote kind of easy, but understanding that there are some people that don't have that privilege that I have. Um, and so I just wanted you to say, like, don't apologize for how you came up I'm because talking, you can't help it. It's great. But it just made me feel bad. Now, mind you, back in the day when I, I was gay and could get, get in drag at my house, my friends couldn't do it at their house. They could come to my house and get dressed up in my parents didn't mind. They didn't care. You know, a couple of my friends got disowned, thrown out of the house nude with everything their parents mm. bought them, take it all off, you know, and they came to my house. My parents were there for me, so I understand that part, and they wanted me to see that everybody didn't have it like I did. Vivian, I'm going to thank you for interjecting and, and giving us a little insight into your experience. I've got limited time, thank unfortunately. You I'm sorry. Hold on. Thank, uh, thank you. Let me ask you this real quick, and, and I want you to be brief uh, because I'm going to use it to segue into Miguel. Okay. Uh, are you offended by the Dave Chappelle special, The Closer, as a trans woman? I'm not. You're not? I like him. And some of the things he's saying, he sat down. He's got trans and gay friends, I'm sure, people within his camp. He sat down and talked to people. His stuff is funny. That's me. I can't tell other people how to react. Okay. That, that's exactly what I wanted. Thank you, Vivian. I appreciate you. Okay. I'm going to play these two clips. Uh, from the special, and then I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna leave the leave the floor to you. I, I want you to hear this. <clears throat> this is uh, this is Dave addressing uh, the trans LGBT community and 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 how he feels there's a disparity between how quickly uh, they they uh, received rights as opposed to uh, uh, slaves. There we go. Let's go right here. Using the emotions, you think I hate gay people, and what you're really seeing is that I am jealous of gay people. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. I'm not the only black person that feels this way. We blacks, we look at the gay community and we go, God damn it, look how well that movement is going. <laughs> look how well you are doing. And we've been trapped in this predicament for hundreds of years. Now that's the setup. Here's the punchline. I can't help but feel like if slaves had baby oil and booty shorts, <laughs> we might have been free a hundred years sooner, you know what I mean? If Martin Luther King was like, I want everybody to get up on them floats, get your bodies good and shiny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> offensive, yes or no? No, it's not offensive. That is a joke. And I get it. It's funny. The setup, the the visual is absolutely there. I think that there is a thought behind. There is a, a, a legitimate belief behind what he's saying in that joke for right. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I say, well, first off, I want to say that when people say it's just comedy, why are you so offended? It's not just comedy, especially with Dave Chappelle. 
there is an intention with everything he says. And what he's saying, he's speaking his truth on what he thinks. This is where I, as a black gay man, would disagree with him. He's describing the white gay community. There is a difference. We, like in our black community, the four of us, we have colorism that we deal with when it comes to being light-skinned or dark-skinned. And, you know, who we think as our society we, we put forth to represent us as black people... That absolutely happens in the black or in, in the gay community as well. Right, right. We don't see a lot of black gay men mm. until Little Nas X. Um, and right now, my memory is not coming to me on who else you know recently. Tyler That's uh, Tyler, exactly yeah. Tyler the Creator. I mean, is it? Didn't he kind of come out? I guess. Yeah, or is that kinda... I guess. I mean, but I don't he, know. He didn't but... come out. He didn't come out to the general uh, awareness that uh, Nas X did. Yeah, yeah. He's a little bit more flamboyant. Little Nas X is more flamboyant than well, Tyler. I. I I mean, I you know, I actually I'm not even going to try to speak on and, Tyler and the more, Creator. More of a crossover. I mean, he crossed over. Right, right. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't really know, but I just I think that when I hear Dave Chappelle say that as a black gay man, I'm like, that's a funny joke, but not a hundred percent accurate because what he may not know is that like. As a black gay man, when I was coming up in my 20s and I was on Grinder and Tinder and stuff, you would often see from a lot of white guys, no blacks, no femmes, no Asians. Oh, right. There was that racism yeah. in the black oh community. God. And then you would see white guys be like, Spike, I, I'm going to let you ask a question, but let me ask you this. Can, will, you, will, you, will you allow that within the confines of a certain uh, time limit in the stand-up act, that n- not every joke can pull in every aspect right, of absolutely. a situation, and oh, and yeah, sometimes well. you pick the broader right. the broader joke, uh, uh, and then you allow people to think beyond that. Absolutely, that's why. Like when it comes to that joke, not offensive to me. It's a funny setup. The premise of it, I think, is hilarious. Like I'm not a comedic person. Like I don't tell oh, funny. right jokes. I mean, <laughs> I like I'm situationally, but I, I've never written a joke before. Right, you know, you, so like I, but I understand that there's a certain sort of uh, pressure that you have to build, and then you have to poke it and release it with a funny punchline. Right, right. And he did that absolutely. Mm, right. But I think that if you're if you're wanting to have a discussion about what does it mean when he says that, that yes, if you want to get technical, he is talking about. The white gay community, not blacks, and that's what I, I was. You struck a nerve me, and this is going to sound so Neanderthal or old, whatever the word is. It's like, come on, uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I always saw how ironic a Neanderthal trying to use the word Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> that that I always thought that the gay community was the most accepting community ever. There is racism in the gay community. You guys now, actually, hold, uh, yes. It wouldn't be termed ra- uh, it yes. wouldn't be termed racism. Absolutely. Okay. There are actually gay people you ever, you who said the Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's actually but, right, I mean, there's actually right. gay yeah, I mean, people remember who says, Tiger King was kind of a little, mm-hmm. a little bit of a bigger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are actually gay people who say I don't like n words. I mean, no, I've never seen. Well, I've had some friends have that message to them. But and I don't think you since I've been in a relationship now for four years, I haven't been on the apps in a long time. But up until I 2017, you would see that. Like if I went through my text, I remember the last guy I saw because I was like, I think we're we're finally at least people aren't being like upfront about it. Because that's why I used to always, you know, complain about is that like that's what you're putting forward as your first thing to the world on 
uh, on dating apps is no fats, no fems, no blacks, no Asians. Like serious? Absolutely. So there is that. Mind blown. Now, because you have to remember that just because you're gay. Now, I also don't want to paint with the broad stroke and say that you know if you go to St. Pete Pride that it's just going to be a bunch of racist people. Absolutely right. not. No, no, no. This community has been so amazing to me and I have experienced such wonderful things and seen it do so many great things. But you do have those pockets, especially living in the South and, of and, racism. And, what you, and Spike, this is what you have to understand about racism and sexism and homophobia. Uh, at, 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 at the heart of it, the people that suffer from it are missing something that gives them the need to belittle someone else so that they can feel better about themselves. Hold on. Let's hear me through. So in other words, if, if all of the white supremacists were to eliminate every other race from their, from, from, uh, from, from, from the face of the earth, they would then they it wouldn't eradicate the need within them to feel better they start than someone each else. other. They would start they would start cannibalizing each other. Well, if you're not blonde, you're not better than me. So absolutely, mm-hmm. you can have that kind. You can have uh, racism within. Uh, subsects okay. that are, are experiencing racism, sexism, well, how homophobia. They, well, or how are they asking people to be acceptance of them? If they themselves aren't being acceptance, that is the million dollar question yeah, yeah. that I uh, would always. Uh, yeah. I would. I don't know. That's <laughs> what. Well, because then, well, here's what I would then hear is, well, I'm not racist. It's just a preference. And so then I've had many discussions with friends that I'm close to that used to say that. And then I'd say, well, let's break that down. Why is that a preference? Preferences aren't just born yeah, out of nowhere. Really, yeah. Like let's yeah. let's talk about your background and who you've been around. And when you see uh, a, a Tay Diggs, um, black, a very attractive looking man next to a Brad Pitt, why is it that you would automatically go to the lighter skin? Right. right. That's because in our country, our standard of beauty has been white. Right. What have we always seen up until recently when it comes to black skin? They were the housekeeper. They were the drug dealer. They were the all, all of the negative stereotypes in our society. That's what the black person played. And so then when you break down, why is my preference always white? That's when you start to dig at. And this is what I've told my friends. You're not racist. You just have to explore why do you enjoy those preferences. Absolutely. And break it down to the black community and black community alone. There's there's always been an underlying tension between light-skinned blacks and dark-skinned blacks. Yes. Always. I mean, that goes back to Ali, you know, and, 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 and further than him. The, it's very difficult for the victim to understand when they become the victimizer. And that's what we're basically talking about here. 